Welcome to the Grace Church Conversations podcast, a weekly resource to help you apply Sunday to Monday. I'm Jared. And I'm Craig. What is happening? Uh, Life is moving. Things are happening. Yeah, it is. This is the week of the men's conference. Yes, it is. Men owe the word. Conference. <laughs> is that is that the official well, title? Well, no, I think it's of, but I just was <laughs> being cheeky. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, getting ready for that, uh, preparing for that, looking forward to all the Lord is going to do there. I saw some goodies. You did, too. Yes, that, well, I did. We can't refer, we can't reveal, <laughs> but saw some goodies in the office, stuff coming in in boxes uh, that will be... I don't know, part of the retreat, yeah. uh, swag, we could say, giveaways that's or good. whatever. Yeah, swag, that's good. Some of the giveaways, some of the, you know, it just, there are perks to there signing perks. up for the things yes. that you're told are coming up, you yep. know? Yep, so and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, for sure. Is it too late for anyone? Like, if they hear this podcast yeah, and they say, and wow, they, I, what must I, do to- I really dropped the ball. I failed, yes, and, yes. and I need to, how can I be restored? Well, grace upon you and your household. Um, I would say that uh, you can go to the website, uh, gracechurchfrisco.org, events, and then, um, as, as I understand, you can sign up for just some of it. If, or I guess you could still come to the whole thing, but you could sign up for sure for sessions if that's what you're wanting to do. And yeah. so any part you... Any part you could jump in guys um now correct me if i'm wrong but maybe this was a rumor but i think when since you're so late in the game uh there's an upcharge that is then uh given to those who signed up early as kind of like so we're is is that true yeah so we're trying to get as many people as possible (laughs) so that we can uh, split the uh no i don't think so no i don't think so not at all but that would be really cruel and probably unethical. There you go. So <laughs> we'll avoid we'll avoid that. We will avoid that. So by the next time we come to you, it will all be it'll be in the books and uh, mm-hmm. the men's conference will be behind us, but it's going to be it's going to be really good. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a fun time. Well, uh, we got another bunch of really good questions this past week as you were um, in Matthew 7 just talking about, you know, a famous passage, right. you know, uh, don't judge. Don't judge, you right? Know? Uh, and I, I thought your your sermon was really helpful, your explanation was great. And then we got, you know, the expected uh, questions, I think, is just kind of where all our minds go on a lot of these. Uh, So, yeah, let's go ahead and jump in. So here we go. Uh, And as a reminder uh, on these texting questions during the sermon, feel free to text to 469-573-2920 if you have a question during the sermon and you say, hey, Pastor Craig, what do you think about this? Or how do you, you know, how does this work? Anyway, so uh, let's go ahead and get started. Question one. What is an appropriate response when someone quotes this verse out of context and uses it saying we shouldn't judge them? Yeah, that is, that's a really good question. Um, and I, I think one of the points I was trying to make about this on Sunday, which I'll just reiterate, was that I think we have to start with the definition, you know, because people use this in different ways, uh, differing ways, uh, mm-hmm. this idea of judging. So I think we start with a definition. You need to know what does the person mean when they say that to yeah. you? Because I think that can mean any number of things. Um, and I think it's best to start with question, with a question to ask. Let's, if someone's saying, don't judge me, then I think we, we need some information, you know, we need some help. Uh, it could be the fact that the Lord really has something for us in that moment. Mm. So I think I'd want to ask, uh, start by asking some questions, you know, how do, how do you feel I judged you? Mm. Um, that might help. What, what do they mean? Or, uh, you know, what do you mean without being sort of, um, 
you know, a smart aleck or something. But right. wh- what do you mean by judged? So what, when you say that, what, in what way mm-hmm. did you feel judged? Or, um, you know, something like, how could I have communicated what I said better? That, you know, if it wasn't helpful the way I said it, how, how could I have communicated that uh, better? Because the reality is they may be trying to critique uh, our attitude and delivery. When they say, you're judging me, that can refer to tone. That can refer to the, you know, maybe not just the pure content of what we said. And so um, I think we need to know that. Another thing is we may not really have the trust built up with this person that to sort of bring the truth that we brought. Mm -hmm. And so it could be, they may not, I don't know how they express that, but the reality is sometimes we feel like, you know, this relationship is strong enough that I can just go ahead and lay it out there and, and, you know, bring some, bring some truth to you. And maybe we don't have that kind of relationship and we shouldn't presume, uh, you know, that our relationships are, are all like that where we can just say whatever to someone, they may feel judged Mm -hmm. Um, or they may not want to hear the truth of scripture. So yeah. that could be part of it as well. So if they're not a Christian and they say that, I think I'd still want to ask questions about what do they mean, but I'd want to build a bridge with them to communicate that God's word judges me as well. So I think the perception can be, hey, well, you're a Christian, so you think you're okay with God, which ultimately we are in Christ. But, but you know, there's nothing unique about us in and yeah. of ourselves. It's not like, well, we're not being judged. Uh, you, you're, God's going to judge you, but not us. There's nothing unique about them, unique about us. All have sinned yes. and all are under the judgment of God. And God does judge us with a perfect judgment. Um, this is his prerogative as the creator. Uh, this is, ju- he's a just God. This is mm-hmm. justice. Uh, so he is going to judge ultimately everyone, but he's a judge who offers forgiveness beyond what we can imagine in Christ. We've seen this throughout the Sermon on the Mount, that he's a judge who becomes our father when we believe. So I think it, sometimes they can, maybe it's not just us, maybe it's just sort of broadly Christians. They can feel judged by, uh, you know, us looked down upon or something like that. So I think we want to just, you know, that famous saying that all ground is level at the cross. Mm. I think we want to make that clear that, Hey, I, there's nothing about me outside of Christ yeah. that makes me right with him there, and, and communicate that. Um, if it's a Christian who's saying I shouldn't judge them again, I think I'd want to know what do they mean? Often people, um, can feel judged um, around issues that are uh, sort of my preference or or personal rather than clear from Scripture. So they may feel like you're judging me because you're putting that on me. In other words, you're legalistic. You're saying I should do that because you do that or your church does that or your tribe of Christians do that. Um, so I think as well it could be helpful to ask, you know, do you, if it's someone we're in a relationship with, do you feel like I'm judging you, you know, based just on my preference or mm. what I like or kind of my my, my, my flavor of Christianity yeah, or yeah. or... or and that I'm not really bringing God's word. Do you think what I'm saying has to do with me and not God's word? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, again, that question, how, oh, I'm sorry, my, my goal, I don't want to judge you. How, how could I have, in the sense that I'm pronouncing judgment upon you, how, how could I have raised my concern better? Um, and a question along those lines, too, is, you know, a Christian says, I, I feel like you're judging me. Somewhere in the conversation, I would want to be able to say, do you feel like I'm for you? you yeah. know, do you feel judged by me because you feel like I'm opposed to you, I'm against you? And some, See, that language could be communicating a lot. So this is a very difficult question to answer because we need to know why does the person feel judged and what do they even mean about that by that? People mean different things uh, by saying you shouldn't judge me. And sometimes they're using the word judge and they don't really know 
what it means or how it's reflected in scripture. And so if that's the case, I just give them, I think the best thing is to give them the counsel of uh, Inigo Montoya, who would say this to them. He didn't fall? Inconceivable. (laughs) You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. (laughs) Yes, isn't that good? I I do not think it means what you think it means. So uh, you just keep using that word, and that's that's true. Um, Maybe this isn't really judging in the way that God views it. So I I think that could be... (laughs) (laughs) The Princess Bride stands the test of time. It does. It certainly does. I I think we were just watching it not too long ago. And and, uh, the funny thing is, is you know, learning that, you know, it actually wasn't all that popular when it first came yes. out. It, it, it actually kind of crashed and burned in, you know, in the box office. And, but now look at it. Yeah. On this very, uh, <laughs> podcast to talk about yes, judging. The, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's found its way here. <laughs> yes. Well, very good. But I, I, so I think that's really the, the key thing. How are they meaning? And let's come at that, not in a corrective way. You don't even know what judging is. We don't want to say right. it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think we understand what do they mean? Because oftentimes what they mean is, you know what? Uh, either I feel guilty and no matter what you do, I feel judged or, uh, man, you know what? Your, your attitude, your delivery is a little condescending to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, quite apart from the content of what we're saying. So we, we need to find that out. Yeah, but. that's good. Yeah, it uh, it it often can kind of, you know, not occur to us that we're falling into the into the hypocrisy that Jesus is, yes. even, is teaching against. You know, if I'm coming against someone uh, and I'm burning with all this this anger or this, you know, I think it's righteous indignation or yeah. whatever, you know, it's, it's very possible that I'm coming against some uh, issue I see in someone's life or whatever. Maybe I have really good intentions, but, it, but I am falling into the trap of being uh, hypocritical and that's not helpful to them. That's not no. helpful to me. It's, uh, it, it's just creating a stumbling block for them to respond uh, or be able to hear, hear what we're saying and respond yeah. uh, in, in kind of the way that we're hoping uh, maybe others can respond. So Yeah, and I think that's the whole thing about getting the plank out of our eye, the log out of our eye. It's de- or dealing, dealing with that first and mm-hmm. seeing that as a proportionate way because I think if we're really, uh, you know, you just don't feel judged typically yeah. by someone who is um, more, um, you know, evaluating themselves more and then coming alongside you to help yeah. you. In th- they feel like they're for you, you know, someone yeah. who's really... Um, looking at their own log, so to speak, their own, um, a plank. I, I think that, that that makes a world of difference. Yeah, so. for sure. Moving on, uh, question number two. Jesus calls us to the priority of self-examination. How do we balance this call with Paul's statement in 1 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4, where he says he can't even judge himself, only the Lord can judge him? Yeah, again, a great question. I think the questions are increasingly thoughtful eh, the more we go along. Yeah, and this is not to to cast judgment, you know, no pun intended, uh, (laughs) on uh, our earlier episodes. But no, No, this is really good. I think, honestly, I I feel like it's people are getting more comfortable and and maybe even uh, hopefully like we're all getting more in the mode of thinking, okay, well, if I have questions, I actually have an outlet sure. for it. No doubt. So this is good. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. So in, in, uh, the context is important here. So we're saying that to look, to, uh, remove the plank from your eye, you have to uh, give yourself to self-examination. 
And I use the word self-judgment, uh, which wasn't in the text, but I think it was the idea behind it. Whereas Paul is saying, hey, I don't judge myself mm. uh, in 1 Corinthians 4. So uh, I think it's, it's a very different context of what we're talking about here. In 1 Corinthians 4, Paul is saying, this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Now, this is key. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. So he's talking about specifically, hey, I'm required as someone who carries the message of God to be a faithful steward. But if you think I'm faithful to it, that really is not a huge deal to me. And actually, uh, if I think I'm faithful to it, it's not really a big deal to me. Hmm. I mean, I don't even judge myself. How, how faithful am I? And here's why uh, he goes on to, uh, in verse four to say, for I'm not aware of anything against myself, but I'm not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, mm-hmm. before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. So what he's saying is, whether I've been faithful or not is not really for you to make an ultimate uh, evaluation of now. But you know what? It's not really for me to make an ultimate evaluation. Uh, ultimately, I will be evaluated by the Lord. I'm mm. not acquitted because I think I'm doing well. Yeah. Now, he says in verse four, I am not aware of anything against myself. So I would say Paul has done self-evaluation. Mm. You can't say... I'm not, I don't know of anything against myself if you've never considered that. So the idea of the log, I think he has evaluated himself. There's a, the question is, how can you say, you know, give yourself to self-examination where Paul says, I don't judge myself. I think he has given himself to self-evaluation. Mm. That's why he says, I don't know if there's anything against myself, but that doesn't mean I'm innocent. At the end of the day, the Lord will decide if I've been faithful. This isn't like um, whether I'm justified or not, but it's more, have I been faithful to steward what he's called me yeah. to do? So I, I love that. I mean, obviously it's the Bible. So, uh, <laughs> but I love that idea that, you know, I want to, I'm want to give myself to Lord, speak to me, see if there be any wicked way in me and, uh, you know, uh, convict me, help me. But at the end of the day, uh, I'm just entrusting myself that you're the ultimate one who's going to evaluate my faithfulness. No one else is, even I'm not. Yeah. And I think that's what he's saying. So he's not saying don't adjust the, remove the log uh, from your eyes. He's saying, ultimately, the Lord makes the final call. Our critics don't make the final call. Mm. We don't make the final call. The Lord makes the final call on evaluating if we've been faithful in our callings to him. Yeah, that's that's really helpful clarification. And uh, the next question is somewhat related to that. How do we balance dealing with our own sin uh, or taking the log out of our own eye uh-huh. uh, and becoming so self-focused that we are not helpful to others? Which well, yeah, that's a that's good question. That's really good, really practical. And um, I, I, it's kind of a reflection of like, how can we love other people through this passage? I think that's really good. Which is the, that's the goal, right? That's yeah. what this, is, this person has is asking, I think, what is the right question? Yeah. Well, on that, I think um, that just as not um, giving ourselves to self-examination, just as ignoring the plank in our eye blinds us, so does a preoccupation with ourselves Mm. blind us. And so the question is, how do you balance? Okay, look at your own sin, but don't become so self-focused, blinded that you can't help another person. Um, So whenever we call ourselves, the Bible calls us to examine ourselves. That's actually a quote from scripture, examine yourself to see if you're even in the faith. But it, there is a risk there um, for some people more than others. For some people, it's very healthy because uh, they don't tend to 
be inwardly focused. So it's helpful to be called to examine oneself. For others, they're very given towards self-examination. So any of these kinds of exhortations are, you know, risky. And I think proportion is key here. Someone has said, and I've heard this say, I've heard it said, oh, this person said it or that person said it. Uh, and I don't know who said it because I've heard different, uh, different sources, but someone has said that we need to take 10 looks at Christ for every one look we take at ourselves and mm. our, in our hearts, you know? And, um, I like that because it means this, that we need to be more aware of what Christ has done for us and his death and resurrection. We need to be more aware of who he is than we are staring inwardly. So I think in this passage, Jesus says, you need to be more aware of your plank than your neighbor's speck. But I think we could find other places in scripture that would say, and you need to be more aware of Jesus than you are Mm, your plank. So I think in the order of preoccupation, it goes Jesus one, our (laughs) plank number two, and our neighbor's uh, speck of sawdust in their eye. That's number three. If we keep that order in view, uh, then I think we're going to be, be, have a, uh, you know, much more fruitful Mm. uh, life. I love the concern, like, just like you said, that this person is saying, realizing that self-focus makes us unhelpful uh, to others. Uh, in terms of self-evaluation, I, I would say, because I said we should evaluate ourselves, um, but I would say we should evaluate regularly, but briefly. I don't mm. think we need to be, the Holy Spirit's faithful to convict us of sin. I don't think we need to go through long, drawn out bouts of introspection. I think that's mm. unhelpful. But I would say evaluating ourselves, I'd say regular, but brief. Uh, in terms of looking at Christ, I'd say often and lingering. Not, so just the, so I think we should regularly be aware of ourselves, but uh, our own uh, faults and failures. But more, we need to be much, much, much more aware of Christ, his love for us, his grace towards us, his purposes for us, uh, his power in us, in the Holy Spirit, the fact we're one with him. Mm. These are the things that should are preoccupying thoughts should be about him when it comes to these kinds of things. He should be our... Um, our obsession, you know, ultimately. um, And secondarily, looking at ourselves, certainly on a regular basis, I don't think, you know, like once a year in January at the new year, (laughs) evaluate yourself regular, but brief. The Lord is faithful. If I'm putting myself in the scripture regularly and I'm having Christian fellowship and I'm praying, the Lord's faithful to bring up what I need to be aware of. And Mm. and so is my wife and my friends and (laughs) others who know me, uh, my kids. Uh, Others can bring that up as well, but Mm. the Lord is faithful. I don't have to go heavy duty, introspection it's so introspective that I end up being self-focused mm, yeah that's good that is a really good question yeah okay well uh, moving on question four hey Jared hi person anonymous now, I love that someone <laughs> anonymously texts in hey Jared that's beautiful it was nice it was it was just kind of like hey he maybe he feels lonely you yes. know I, I don't know I, I, mean, I just like it because this is the first person that feels connected yeah, to the that's podcast right. and to you this isn't just some uh, some you know production out there somewhere that's right. this that's is right. Jared my friend <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> oh, my. Hey, Jared. I think an emphasis from today's passage that does not necessarily come from the passage, but is something Craig touched on a bit here and there and is a very important one to note, is this. We are not called to judge people as God does, but we are to point people towards God's judgment mm. in order to help them see their own sinful nature. How are we to do that well while navigating the difficult social concept of judging? My experience is that many non-Christians hold on to Matthew 7-1 as a kind of anti-gospel banner that enables them to shut off their ears whenever anyone tries to share with them. 
Yeah, I, that is, again, all of these are great. I probably don't need to start every time with that's a great question, but I just feel, <laughs> I feel like I need to uh, say that. I think this person, this friend of yours, um, <laughs> I think the, the really the questioner answered his or her own question um, in the sense that they were saying, you know, how do we, we're not called to judge, but we're called to point people to God's judgment. That is a brilliant point, which is certainly important um, when we're communicating the faith with those who don't know Christ or don't believe in Christ um, in terms of the coming eternal uh, judgment. Yeah. This, this needs to be, this topic needs to be about each of us giving an account to God, mm-hmm. not us giving account to other people's right. evaluation of us, other people's standards, other people's preferences, other people's opinions, even other people's handling of the word. Because yeah. even if somebody brings me a scripture, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not ultimately dealing with them. I'm ultimately dealing with God, yeah. you know? And so I think that is uh, really Im- important that we need to adopt a tone that is, we're going to all stand before God's judgment. And uh, what will we stand on on that day mm-hmm. and in that hour? The so- this person used the language, the social concept of judging. Yeah, how do we, you know, what do we do when someone uh, navigating the social concept of judging and help them see that uh, ultimately that God will judge them? Well, I think that's just it. We need to point sort of vertically. So the social concept of judging is horizontal. Mm. You know, how, what do I think of you? What do you think of me? Yeah. Uh, how do I think of you in relation to God? How do you think of me in relation to God? All that kind of stuff. But we want to help people think of something that's uh, vertical, which is it doesn't kind of like that first Corinthians passage. It doesn't really matter what I think about you because mm-hmm. I will never, I'll never be on the throne. Yeah. You will never be responsible to give an assessment of your life to me, yeah. but we will to God and judgment is good. Justice is good. Nobody wants to advocate for injustice. Justice is good. Um, there will be a just judgment according to God's standard. And I think we can, the person says, so how do we people help people see that and get away from this sort of social concept of ju- judging one another? Uh, I would say we do just that. We point them to the truth that judgment is coming, but we can't persuade someone ultimately. Mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately that's the Holy Spirit's job. Yeah. Yeah. The Holy Spirit has to bring a conviction to someone that says, Whoa, you know, uh, W O E, maybe on that whoa instead of W H O A H, but whoa <laughs> to me, whoa, uh, you know, I'm going to stand before the Lord. That's a sobering thing. Yeah. And I can't, I can't blame people that let me down. I can't blame hypocrisy in the church. There is hypocrisy in the church. Mm-hmm. I can't blame. Um, you know, uh, Christians who didn't walk out their faith faithfully before me. I can't can't blame um, my uh, my upbringing. I can't blame uh, you know any any number of things. Uh, you know, it, I can't blame the trials in my life that distracted me from you know considering this. I, I can't really blame anything. It'll be what did you do? Get the Lord assessing. What did we do uh, mm-hmm. with Him? And in terms of our knowledge of His Word and our call to to obey Him. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, this is a great question. We need to somehow go from horizontal to vertical so that people see this isn't about between us. This is about you and the Lord, and then ultimately lay that out there and pray because it's the Holy yeah. Spirit that has to pierce their heart. Yeah, that's that's very true. Well, good. Um, and then and then lastly, here we have this last question. 
at what point do we stop throwing pearls to pigs, uh, to quote the passage? How do we know when uh, to give up on someone who is resistant to the gospel? After all, God never gives up on us. How true. And boy, we can be grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I would say we, we, we never give up. Um, I don't think ceasing to throw pearls to pigs, uh, which is the language Paul, I mean, uh, Jesus uses, that's Jesus's language is don't uh, throw your pearls uh, to pigs. Um, And we said on Sunday, I think that's speaking of people who ultimately are outside of the covenant and and trample it. He says trample it. So they Mm -hmm. take the good news of the message of the kingdom, the gospel, and don't want it. They treat it, uh, you know, with disdain and trample it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think we, I don't think stopping to throw pearls to pigs is the same as giving up. I don't think we ever give up. I think there's a time to change our strategy. Hmm. Um, and I think that can be we pray, uh, we love, we serve, we befriend. We may even strategically share God's work in our life. You know, hmm. if they're like trampling the message of the gospel, we may look for an opportunity to still communicate something of the goodness of God yeah. in us. Um, but there may be a time that we stop a verbal explanation of the gospel and a call to them to respond to the gospel. Mm. It may be that that's what we end up ceasing for a time, waiting until a more uh, to waiting until a better time when they're open. I mean, we all know people that have been resistant to the gospel. Yeah. And um, but later came to think different, uh, arrived at a different conclusion because they saw the change, the power of the gospel in people's lives. They had time to process and think about it. They went through a difficulty where they saw their need for God. Any number of things can happen. Um, And this is why when you believe in the sovereignty of God, you you can really uh, trust him. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, if it's up to me to uh, absolutely persuade and convert, then I think, Boy, I don't know what you do with this verse because we got to keep going. But yeah. if it's, you know what, we, we, uh, I planted, Apollos watered, but yeah. God gave the increase. I think yeah. that's chapter three of 1 Corinthians. It means you do your part. But there's a time when my part of sowing seed, meaning ex- literally explaining the gospel, uh, witnessing, there's a time with my words, there's a time when maybe that stops and I w- allow for watering. Maybe somebody else comes along and plants later. It just means that. I'm trusting God with their soul, and I'm realizing what I'm doing isn't helping. The other example Jesus gives of dogs who turn on you, basically. And so this is when you're agitating and irritating and bringing about a, um, you know, sort of an aggressive rejection. Well, he's saying, well, don't just keep doing that and provoke people. Just there's Mm -hmm. a time to say, stop doing that. I just don't think um, to stop throwing pearls means to give up. I think it's it's different. Earlier in the life of the church, uh, we had a, shared a testimony, uh, someone shared a testimony on a Sunday morning about how their 100-year-old grandmother had come to Christ. Wow. And, you know, it, it was a powerful testimony. And the reason we asked her to share that was because it motivates everybody in the room to say, it's never too late, yeah. never give up. I mean, most of us don't know someone over 100. Uh, <laughs> but at least that testimony communicated to the church, at least don't give up till they're 100 because God's still <laughs> saving people. God's still converting people at 100. Um, so as long as they're, we say this to anyone, people who are married to someone, maybe their spouse not a believer, maybe their child's not a believer, maybe their parent is aging and still hasn't come to Christ. And you're, oh, you're just, what, you know? Um, well, we never give up. As long as there's a heartbeat, um, there's a hope. And that hope is in the grace of God. So 
Hopefully that clears it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I think that was there's clarification there too. Because it, it, you know, if if you feel like, uh, well, I just love how how you brought it back to you know trusting in the Lord. Yeah, it's all in His hands. For ultimately, sure. we're only a means, you know, for Him to do His work and in, in calling right. people to repent and uh, and ultimately awaking people, uh, you know, to spiritual life and life in Christ. And so, um, you know, I think there's a real peace that comes with being able to say, you know, I can be obedient and faithful to share the gospel. Yes. Um, but I also know that it's not even in my hands to begin yes. with. It's, it's all the Lord's work. So yeah. Yeah. Are we out of good. time? How are we doing? Can I say something? How are we doing? Oh, we're good. Say are something. We? Yeah, go ahead. Say well, it. I was just going to say, we don't use a lot of, I try to, this isn't a, 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 this is a podcast that is theological, but it's not overtly theological in terminology mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but uh, it is biblical and theological because we're, we're I've, I've given a lot of theological answers today, <laughs> but to put it, but I don't use the, I don't use the language of systematic theology yeah. on the podcast necessarily. Um, but the reality is that what we're talking about right here is to me, one of the great comforts of uh, the reformed understanding um, of the the doctrine of God and particularly the doctrine of uh, conversion. Yeah. And it's that we are responsible to communicate the gospel because you uh, uh, hold to a reformed doctrine that God is especially understanding his sovereignty and salvation. Uh, it doesn't mean that we don't need to share with anybody and God's say la vie, God's going to do what God's going to do. It does not mean that at all. It means that we are called to be responsible, mm. faithful witnesses, um, compelled to lay down our lives and share the gospel and walk and love people. But the beauty is that um, our hope is not in our power to persuade or that we've done enough. Our hope is in the sovereignty of God. Only, yeah. Just as you said a minute ago, only God brings life to a dead heart. He does, and he does that through the communication of his word. But God regenerates a heart himself. Yes. It's not the person regenerating themselves. They're unable to. They're spiritually dead. It's not us talking them into it and pitching them into the gospel with our sales pitch. It is we communicate the gospel oftentimes in clunky ways. We're not polished, but the truth is there that Jesus died for you, for sinners, rose for sinners, and that we can be uh, receive new life yeah. and forgiveness by trusting him. And then the Holy Spirit takes that word of, when we share the scripture, takes that word and brings life to their hearts. And so this is where there's a great comfort. It should never, the reformed understanding of conversion should never lead us to laziness. It yes. should lead us to great hope and faithfulness, but also it should lead us at times to say, it's in his hands. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to know to do. And uh, what am I to do next? I'll find out, you know, I'll, I'll seek to be wise about that. But ultimately it's in his hands. He is the savior in the fullest sense. Yeah. Yeah. One of my uh, favorite scriptures kind of on this point of saying, you know, we're responsible yeah. to be obedient to, uh, to interact with, uh, you know, maybe our spiritual opponent opponents, yeah, maybe yeah. those enemies of God. And it makes me think of, uh, second Timothy two twenty four. Uh, and 25, which says, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, mm. but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. Mm. And God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. Wow. Um, and, and so it, it, I, that's encouraging to me, just saying like, hey, even even in terms of what you were saying, like sometimes if we're overly persistent, uh-huh. uh, you know, it's almost like we're, we're just stirring up uh, a fight, you know, yeah, yeah. when we need to just, you know, kind of, 
to your point, change our strategy yeah. and say, you know what? Okay, well, I see that this is just stirring up anger. Um, so let's not be quarrelsome, but let's be kind to everyone. Um, you know, let's be gentle with yes. with others. Does um, it say correct them? Yeah, it's, say it, say it says it says uh, not quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, and then correcting his opponents with gentleness. Yeah, that is powerful. Um, and, and especially on a topic like this, where really the you know to that to that other question, where it's saying you know a cultural or a social yeah. understanding of judgment. You know, there is a place for correcting the whole idea and probably the stereotype of what that verse even is sure, saying. Sure. Um, but we can do that with gentleness. We don't want to be fighting with people, no, right. uh, you know, because ultimately, you know, this is what it says. It, it's God who grants them repentance yes. to a knowledge of the truth, not us. Yeah, so. that's really that's really good. I think. And that's not always uh, that's not always been the strength of um of uh, those of us who do hold to a reformed view, oftentimes mm-hmm. it's where we can be contentious and doctrinaire. Yes, and so I think that's that to the point that a consistent theology. If we really believe that God is sovereign in converting sinners, if we really believe that, and that it's His work, then we really can do the work of faithfully sowing, planting the seed, faithfully communicating the gospel. And without being contentious and uh, you know somehow uh, obnoxiously overbearing, right, right. Uh, we can we can trust the Lord, and uh, yeah. and I think that's that's good. We don't want to be overly passive, uh, and, but we also don't want to be overly doctrinaire and domineering. Mm-hmm. We want to be preach gospel, be faithful, leave the results to Him, and. Uh, the only reason that any of us are sitting here talking about this is because he brought our dead hearts to life, and that's the good news of uh, his applying the gospel yeah. to us. So that's a great. Thanks for bringing that passage t- to bear in the discussion because that is that is outstanding. Yeah, it's been encouraging to me. Yeah. So thank you, Jerry. Cool. Well, thank you for uh, you know walking through these questions again. Thanks, guys, for sending these in. These are really helpful. Yeah. And and again, just a reminder of part of why we want to do this is there's going to be other people in the room who who maybe are thinking maybe not thinking of that particular question the way you're phrasing it and the way you phrase it the way you ask it really ministers to them when they can have that question answered mm-hmm. uh, on this platform. So so we're just excited about what God might be doing uh, through your questions. So thank you. Um, and uh, I, I think that's about it. I mean, yeah. some last minute stuff is just, you know, uh, men's conference coming up this weekend. Like we said at the beginning, there is still hope for those of you who have not There's signed hope. up. Uh, so uh, jump on the website and uh, sign up uh, if you haven't yet. So, man, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to yeah. be a good time. It is, man. So. I'll see you there uh, Thursday in the p.m. Yes, I think it sir. starts at 7, 7 o'clock. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, thanks again for your time, man. Yeah, Thank thanks, you for, Jared. Uh, thanks, as always, for hosting, producing, and doing all manner of uh, podcast uh, responsibilities. Absolutely. Love it. Well, we'll see you guys again next week. Take care. Bye-bye.